Hey, this is Dave Lee from Dave Knows Wrestling over on the YouTube. Check out my channel as well as Dave Knows Comics. And please give a subscribe and like any videos that you see. Check out another one while you're there. Thank you so much. And you're listening to Royal Ramble Radio. Hey, I'm Brian P. Schmidt. Hey, I'm Tristan Law. And we're the hosts of Royal Ramble Radio. Do you love pro wrestling? Hell yeah, I do. Brian, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people. Are you really opinionated about your professional wrestling? Oh, am I? It's not always about you, Tristan. I'm talking to the Ramblers. Well, Royal Ramble Radio is the pro wrestling show for you. Listen to myself and Tristan discuss and dissect the amazing world of professional wrestling. Brian, don't forget disagree because we definitely do disagree a lot. Listen to Royal Ramble Radio wherever you find podcasts. And RoyalRamboRadio.com. Royal Ramble Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Royal Ramble Radio. I am your host, Tristan Law. I'm Brian. I do not know where Brian is, so I have to tag in my tag team partner again, Mr. Dave from Dave Knows Wrestling and Comics on YouTube, two separate YouTube channels, Dave Knows Wrestling and Dave Knows Comics. Dave, how's it going? Hot tag. Doing good. How you doing, Tristan? Good to be here, as always, and hope Brian is doing well. You know, I do hope Brian is doing as well, too. Hey, but I do want to remind everybody listening to check out Synergy Pro Wrestling's event on Fight TV July 11th. It's going to be one you don't want to miss. We covered it on last week's episode, The Know-It-Alls, so check it out. Shout out to Synergy Wrestling for retweeting our tweet at RoyalRamblerad1 on Twitter, so shout out to them. You know, Dave, I have to actually rehash something from last week because I was getting some uh, messages from some of the Ramblers because they felt like I cheated them just a little bit. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Well, you cheat things so often, it's kind of hard for me to narrow that down, Tristan. So last week we did our top five heels in professional wrestling. And in true heel fashion, I picked myself at number one. Mm-hmm. So everybody messaged me and said that it wasn't fair. Oh, so you know, I think they, that they said you sucked as a heel, and they said that there's no way you honestly think you're number one at anything. That's what they said, right? Actually, no, their mothers suck. If they want to know, they can ask. They can ask <laughs> their father. But people said if it wasn't you, who would be your number one? So my number one is Randy Orton. Yes, my number one is Randy Orton. That's not like a nickname you're calling yourself now, is it? No, 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 no. If I was to call myself a nickname, it'd be ah, Big Mac Daddy Chris. But no, Randy Orton. Yep, Randy Orton's my number one. For anybody that really wanted to know what my number one is, now you know. So yeah, it's yep. funny. I think Randy Orton's number one pick is actually you, so I think it balances out. You know, I would agree with that. You know what, Randy? If, you li- <laughs> if you're listening, go ahead and give me a follow at The Real Big Tris. Today on Royal Rammer Radio, we got so much cool stuff going on. If I had to bet a dollar, I would expect a WWE Hall of Famer at Impact Slammiversary. And you know what? I want to talk about the most memorable moment on Raw this week. However, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about a woman's pay-per-view that everybody might be interested in. But we're definitely going to get to that later. Hey, this is Brian. You're listening to Royal Ramble Radio. Want to know more about us? Check out our website, royalrambleradio.com. So WWE 2K Battlegrounds 
The cover art and trailer has been revealed. Ramblers, go to WWE2K.com forward slash Battlegrounds to check out the cover art and see the trailer. Dave, the game drops September 18th, 2020. And, and, and that's about two months away. It's going to be on the PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It's going to be $49.99 for the Deluxe Edition where you get to raise hell with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can lay the smack down with an Attitude Era version of The Rock. You get Ronda Rousey plus three versions of each superstar already in the game. Then also throwing in 1,100 golden bucks, which can be used to purchase additional unlocks on the game. The standard oh, version... Here we go. There's the, standard, the rub. See it? The standard version costs $39.99. The deluxe edition costs $49.99. However, if you pre-order either the deluxe or the standard editions, you're going to get WWE Hall of Famer Edge. Mm-hmm. Is this game worth the price as compared to WWE 2K insert year here? Uh, some people will make the argument that WWE 2K isn't worth its own price. So I think we should start by pointing that out. Uh, 20, 20, 2K 20 for sure was not worth the amount of money they charged. So even that series isn't worth itself. Um, I also don't know about... Well, keep in mind, we're not getting a, a new 2K game this year. So I think... That's right. That's going to help bolster it for a lot of people. I think, you know, they're look they were looking forward to a wrestling purchase this year for a video game, uh, and this is going to be it. And it's not like they could get the Chikara game anymore now, could they? You're right. So, um, which probably would have been the better buy. Um, but the way I see it is, it sounds now. I don't know the actual mechanics of the game, but this sounds like this might be one of those crate situations where you, they just keep wanting more money because now here and then there's like golden coins or golden bucks or whatever they're putting in there. So let me get this straight. You're giving me a bunch of free. Well, how much are things going to cost? How much real money I'm going to have to spend to get some sort of like unlockable skin or some new finisher move or whatever? I'm not going to care. I'm probably not going to get the game, to be honest. Um, and even if I did, I don't think I'm going to spend any more money to get all this fancy upgrades and all this stuff. I know some kids really like that thing, but personally, I'm not about it. I've paid for, I paid for a video game once. I don't feel the need to ever pay for it again, especially once I already own it. So um, for me, I didn't notice from the trailer anything new I didn't see from the teaser before. It's just a bunch of cartoon wrestlers you know, slapping people around. There are a couple more wrestlers in it, but outside of that, what news did I get? What information did I get that I didn't have from that previous teaser? Other than there's just a few more wrestlers in it. So personally, I ain't seen nothing blowing me away. It ain't it ain't giving me no reason to give to give 2K any more of my money. So uh that's how I feel. I I'm not I am not stunned or I'm not excited about this. So for me, Dave you know, I, I am not the kind of person that spends additional money or content on the game. Right. If I feel if I feel that I have to or like on the on the iPhone or, or the Android phone, it's the in-app purchase. I just want to either play the game for free or play the game for the price that you that you suckered me into playing. I don't want to purchase <laughs> anything extra. Yeah. So games like Fortnite or Call of Duty, you know, they make money by having people spend their hard-earned money to to purchase additional content. So, you know, maybe that's how the trend of gaming will be, will continue to be in the future, where they sucker you in for one price, and they go ahead and they make you spend all this additional money. So for me, I think that the game is worth it at the price at the $39.99 um, for the standard edition, even at even at the uh, the $49.99 for the deluxe edition. 
Um, because you, I mean, Ronda Rousey, okay, cool. But Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin, you get the Attitude Era of The Rock. You get the 1100 Golden Bucks, which can be used to purchase unlocks in the game. Great. You know what? I'll get that. And if I have to spend maybe an extra 20 bucks to go ahead and get something extra that tickles my fancy, I think it's going, it's going to be worth it in itself. So on the front cover, let me let me run down what you got on the front cover, okay? All so right. on the front, there are two covers. There are There's a deluxe uh, cover and the digital deluxe cover because I'm going to get my games digital because I don't like to get the physical copies of games. Ramblers, you may feel different from me, Dave, um, no, but I like I'm to get... You, the, I'm with you on that I, Right, because I like to get the digital copy because I have games from 2009, 2005 that I've never played again that is collecting dust. So on the yeah. front cover, here's what you got. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin squaring off with The Rock. You got Charlotte and Ronda Rousey squaring off. You got The Undertaker and The Fiend Bray Wyatt squaring off. Yoko Ozuna and Andre the Giant about to throw down, but Kofi Kingston is aiming a dropkick from the top on an unsuspecting Andre the Giant. Roman and Cena are getting ready to duke it out. And Asuka is just hanging out on the top turnbuckle just watching. So here's <laughs> my question, Dave. Yeah. Is anyone missing from that cover? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Hulk Hogan would be the most obvious one. For me, who I think would be missing, I would think that uh, Sasha Banks uh, would be missing. I would think Bailey would be missing. Those are those are just two of the names off the top of my head that would come in. Like, sure. Ronda Rousey? Come on, bro. Get Ronda Rousey out the game. You know, I don't think Ronda Rousey is a draw when it comes to the video game aspect. I mm. think Ronda Rousey is a draw when it comes to the live event or the actual wrestling aspect. That's yeah, my well, numbers opinion, would say otherwise, but, you know. Dave, I was going to say we've argued this plenty of times, and I don't think people want to hear us argue it again. I, I, I think that we should see at least, you know, Bailey and at least Sasha, the ladies that helped made the, the women's movement, no you know. But, yeah, we got Asuka. Yeah, we definitely got Charlotte. We got Ronda Rousey, but I think there should be a little bit more females on the front. I'll put it this way. The two major, I agree with you for Bailey for sure. And the same thing, and the reason why I'm going to bring up Hulk Hogan and the same thing I'm going to say about Bailey is let's say you're, you're this video game company. And as we just talked about, they're trying to get you to spend more money or use these golden bucks or whatever to, to get, presumably, I'm just presuming here, to get different costumes or upgrades. Bailey's an obvious one. Because she has a very different look now than she did, uh, you know, just a little while ago when she was the baby face. And that's a night and day difference. So it's like, hey, you want the old school Bailey? You want the hugger Bailey? Well, you're going to have to spend on golden buckets to get it. And that's how you can entice people for it. So I think she's there too. Uh, the reason why I say Hulk Hogan is because the, the 80s era, I know they've done this in video game form in the past, but the 80s era was constantly compared to being cartoon wrestling. So how do you not put one of the biggest cartoon characters you can possibly have in this game, you know? Good point. You got the two people fronting the Attitude Era, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and you got The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt standing standing in the back. Hey, but, you know, I'm looking forward to this game, Dave. I don't know if you're not. I'm going to play it, and I'm going to give you a review. Hey, you know what? You might actually like it after I tell you what's going on. When it comes to the previous games, like uh, WWE All-Stars, I have no problem with that. And I wish they had more uh, cartoony-like uh, examples like this. And I actually liked WrestleMania, the arcade game. Uh, I know they're cheesy and they're dumb fun, but that's okay with me. I just, why, I'm, all I'm saying is, why should I care about this, uh, this game in particular as opposed to others? Considering that those others still hold up just as good, they're also bringing back, and something that I think is... A, is detrimental to the video game scene for wrestling. It's 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 a double-edged sword, but it's ultimately very difficult for them to really manage to pull off is the dependency on old talent, old school talent. 
Because no matter what, if it's this game, 2K, doesn't matter. There's going to be this desire. And if there is, and if they don't have them and they have a creative wrestler, you know people are going to make it. They're going to want wrestlers from the past. They're going to want to see your rocks. They're going to want to see your macho mans. They're going to want to see all these guys. You know, that's what people want. But it's hard for wrestling to move forward when they have so many anchors now to the past. And I was just talking about it myself. So in a way, you can still utilize – video games is the best way you can utilize some of your old talents or your own uh, intellectual properties that can't physically wrestle anymore but use them to still profit off of them or entice people to come back. But the other side of the equation is it's harder for wrestling to move forward and for us to focus on the now when we're constantly remembering the past. So it's just one of the harshest that a video game has. In the real wrestling world that we're watching today, everyone understands that, hey, wrestlers retire. People get too old. They can't keep doing it anymore. So they're willing to at least move forward past it a little bit because you realize you can't do it anymore. But in a video game world, you're always going to have that desire. I would love to know what would happen if they ever made a video game, WWE made a game, just current talent as is, and there's no backtracking and no creative wrestler. I wouldn't be surprised to see that game being one of the lowest selling games they ever put out. You may actually have a point about that, but Ramblers WWE 2K Battlegrounds, it's available September 18th, 2020 on the PS4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch, and it starts at $39.99. Hey, go ahead and pre-order. You might actually, well, you will get the WWE Hall of Famer Edge. Boo. PWI 500 makes a change to the annual PWI 500 list. So there's a lot of people out there, Dave, that do not know what the PWI 500 is. So first off, the PWI <laughs> is what is one of the the pro wrestling industry. It is one of the dinosaurs still left out there. It's an actual magazine publication, which you can also get in a digital version. So yeah. the PWI 500, it actually ranks top 500 male professional wrestlers in the world. A lot of indie wrestlers like myself, we usually covet like the four, usually from five, usually from four hundred, um, three ninety nine all the way down to uh, five hundred. A lot of us indie wrestlers, as you joke, that we hope that we're five hundred one. You know, a lot of wrestlers that were, were they're marks for themselves and they go out and buy the magazine. I did it my first two years wrestling. I bought the magazine hoping that I was on it. However, so PWI five hundred again, it ranks the top five hundred male wrestlers in the world and. PWI has been ranking them since 1991. PWI Women's 100 has been around since 2008, and it started off as the Women's 50, but expanded to 100 in 2018. The changes are women who compete exclusively against women will still be ranked in the PWI Women's 100. However, women who wrestle against any other gender will be factored into the PWI 500. Nice. What do you think about that? I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I kind of think this is one of those things that should always have been happening, you know. And it's a tricky situation for sure. But when we have the PWI 500 and it's just supposed to be about the top 500 wrestlers, if they're all – if you're in a category where you're capable or willing to compete with uh, with everybody, then you should be ranked with everybody. It's fair is fair as far as I'm concerned. I agree because, you know, it should just – it should be – you know, wrestlers, and if they are competing against men or men are competing against women, yes, you should put them all you should put them all together. Yeah. Now that we got this change, right, to where their PWI is going to be adding women to the PWI five hundred list of now top wrestlers in the world, are there any women that you think should be factored into the PWI five hundred? Straight off the top of your head. 
I mean, it, she, it, this year is rough because the reason why this year is rough for other, you know, obvious reasons, but it's because a lot of the places where we've seen typically intergender wrestling haven't been running that much. So this is going to be a lot harder for them. Like, they picked the weird year to start this, is all I'm going to say. Um, not, we've had some, but um, off the top of my head, uh, Tessa Blanchard, who I know we're going to be talking about a little bit later, um, Tessa Blanchard, for sure, uh, is the first thing that comes ahead. I mean, again, I know she... Uh, everything that's going on uh, lately has been rough, but either way, for her accomplishment alone, I think she she is definitely somebody I expect to see on this list. Um, who I definitely expect to see on this list as well, too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely Tessa Blanchard. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think that um, Nia Jax, she got into a physical altercation with a male this year. Um, so I, I don't know if if they're looking at altercations as a match. I mean, if you ask me, uh, a fisticuff is a fisticuff. I'd like to see Nia Jackson there. You probably won't see a lot of WWE superstars on that list because they normally don't get physical with the woman or or vice versa. No, um, but here's the question I have, though, because I want to know what is the definition of competition? Because let's not forget a certain belt, our truce certain belt out there in the world uh, which has been pretty open to competitors of all sorts, uh, like a pregnant Maria Kanellis uh, was able to win. Um, and does that mean she counts? I'm not saying that, you know, she she's, you know, pregnant and all that stuff, So and hasn't really been wrestling, but I'm just saying, does she count as someone who could be eligible for the list now because of that title? I mean, you, you, got, you, got, you got a point. You have I, a... You have a As I said, I mean, I don't think her specifically, but just because she really hasn't wrestled all that much this year, but I'm just, or last, or I'm just saying, would she qualify? So, like, does one run with that championship uh, qualify you uh, to get involved in this? Because there, there have been a couple in WWE who might find that loophole in there. You know what? To to hell with it. We're going to say it. Yes. Yes, it's a match. It still happened. It was sanctioned by the WWE. If that's the case, yes, I think Maria Canelo should be on it. Hey, real quick, Dave, fun fact. In 1993, Miss Texas, also known as Jackie Moore, who is currently a WWE Hall of Famer, she was the first woman to be ranked in the list, the PWI 500. She was 249. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. So, she, so she would not. she is the first woman that's to be on PWI 500. There have been no other women, but this year in 2020, it's actually getting ready to make that change, Dave, give me yeah. a number. Give me a number one pick for PWI Women's One Hundred. So remember, PWI One Hundred is is for for women who exclusively compete against women. So let me get this straight, though. You're so like Tessa is disqualified from that list. Then you know what? Who says she can't end up on both? That's what I'm wondering. So I mean, if it is, I still kind of got to put Tessa on there. But here's my question too: What about intergender tag matches? Like. They weren't officially going at it, but, you know, Becky Lynch did take an end of days from Baron Corbin, so does that put her on the list? Like, you know... I don't know. I mean, she's never really competed with a guy. But we're not supposed to remember that because, you know, Becky Lynch came back the next day and, like, you know, WWE's never talked about that. So we're not supposed to remember that. Well, so, yeah, I'm not sure how the qualification... That's right. We we don't talk about that. But I actually like that angle, by the way. Um, I did, too. We're... Either way, um, I don't know if they qualify if they're still on the list, but... Um, even though it's not as hot as she was the pre- previously, I will say Becky is probably someone I would put on the top of the list. I, I, 
I could be swayed off of that pretty easily, but I would I would put Becky on the number one. Let me tell you something. If it's not if it's not Charlotte Flair at number one, I want my money back. <laughs> really? I want, back. I want every I want every single dollar back that I that I would have spent for the PWI magazine. Let me ask you this: in the past year, or what has what has Charlotte done to give you that impression that she should be on that list? I think that okay, good. At number question, one at Dave. the top. At the top, I, I'm not denying that she should be on the list. I'm just saying, why should Charlotte over Becky Lynch, over a lot of uh, over you know your your girl Sasha Banks? Why Charlotte? Tell me the last time you've seen a bad Charlotte Flair match. Oh well, yeah, but this is ain't the PWI not bad. This is the PWI top. That's what we're looking okay. for. Okay, so, so if you're why is she the top of the top for you? Okay, so I think that she should be the top because she doesn't have bad matches. She's on. Every single night, she's athletic. Uh, she's she's aggressive in the ring. She's held she's held the championship. She's the queen. If anybody's going to match Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, if anybody's going to match up to anybody in the women's division, you got to match up to Charlotte. Well, up to the point that I felt that Charlotte needed to go away because Charlotte's done so much, and I think that's been a blessing that Charlotte decided to step away for a little bit to go ahead and get her little surgery, get her mind right, and and, and do what she got to do, and then come back. Let me tell you, when Charlotte comes back, Charlotte's going to be even better than ever. Charlotte Flair is PWI Women's 100. Dave, if you don't think that Charlotte is PWI Women's 100, number one, on the top, mm-hmm. who who do you think it'll be? So I, I still go with Becky. Um, not for nothing, I also have to say Asuka, too. I, Asuka was easily the most entertaining part of Money in the Bank for me. Um, and granted, Charlotte did win the Rumble. Uh, but I didn't love the finish of that, um, and it was kind of anticlimactic. Um, her match with Rhea Ripley is pretty good, but you also yes. kind of have to put Rhea Ripley in this conversation because not only was the match itself at Mania, but also I thought that Rhea Ripley did phenomenal, phenomenal at War Games. Um, that was my favorite War Games since they brought War Games back. But I mean, you- the, the issue too, though, Dave, is that I felt like I feel like everything has cooled off with Rhea Ripley. It has, but since, since WrestleMania, it has. But I feel like things have cooled down from Charlotte too. Um, as much as I love NXT, you can't make the argument. It's still, I'm sorry to say it, but it's still kind of a step back, is it not? Ah, yeah. I mean, yes, she's been technically from yes. Technically, yes, but the if you ask me, I think the only reason that they put Charlotte Flair down in NXT was to help make that NXT oh. championship legitimate. Look, I'm not well, she already had it. So, you know, like to me, she's already had it before. But and even if that's the reason, it doesn't change that it lowers her stock on this PWI five hundred because she went from main eventing, first woman ever to main event a WrestleMania. We have three women, not not for not for a women's match, but the first time women have main event a WrestleMania match. And then one year later, where's she at? Competing for the for the NXT champion, women's championship. You see what I'm saying? I like this point. year has been noticeably lower. Where Becky still holding on to the one of the belts that she won the previous year, still holding on to it and defending it, and still won. So you know what I'm saying. So I, why do I think Becky belongs over Charlotte? Their WrestleMania matches alone uh, dictate that for me. All right, if you're going to go off that, Dave, then I ain't you know, trying I to re- knock it. Like, make it clear. I'm not like I love NXT. I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just saying that if you're looking for this year and you're looking for top 100, that's what I'm breaking it down. I want to make it very clear. I'm not trying to bash them or anything. But when you, what have you done for me lately? That's what we gotta look at. And I'm sorry, 
Charlotte took a notable step back where, yes, Becky did not main event this year. No, but she still held the same title and she also retained it. So, okay, you saying. know what? I, I think I think that Becky Lynch would be up there as well, too. Um, if, if there were, you know what? How about we have a match between Charlotte Flair and 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 Becky Lynch on WWE 2K Battlegrounds and we can figure out whoever wins. That could be number one for PWI 500 I mean oh. PWI 100. Oh, you ain't going to like it, but all right, I'm down. Hey, Ramblers, this is Tristan, and you're listening to Royal Ramble Radio. So if I had one, and I mean one dollar, mm-hmm. I'd expect a WWE Hall of Famer to be at in- Impact Slammiversary. That's right, Dave. I said it. If I had one, if I had to bet one dollar, I'd expect a WWE Hall of Famer Hall of Famer at Slammiversary. So a real dollar or like one of them golden bucks? You know what? Those golden bucks might actually be worth a lot of money. So I'd bet a golden buck as well, too. So <laughs> let, let, Ramblers, let me go ahead and give you the nitty-gritty if you don't know much about Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling's flagship event, their WrestleMania, their Super Bowl, their World Series is Slammiversary, and it is July 18th. The ACs and 8s have been teased to make their return at Impact Wrestling's flagship event. In the wrestling world, there's a report going around that Bully Ray's contract has expired with Ring of Honor at the end of June. Mm. Bully Ray was the president of the group and left Impact. Well, it was then TNA after Bountiful Glory 2014. What do you think Bully Ray's impact on Impact Wrestling, no pun pun intended, Mm. would be if he returns at Slammiversary? Well, I will say that is a bold prediction, but definitely a good one. And especially since I know you know the man yourself, you know. I, I don't know him per- 100% personally. He was my right. trainer. Him, him and his brother, Devon, broke me into the wrestling business. They're not really brothers. Keep I'm brother. just – but, well, either way, I think I'll take, your, I'll take your insider knowledge on this one. I think that's pretty huge. Now, Impact, I will say they're a the little engine that could. You can't count them out. They're like a cockroach. They'll be around forever. They can survive anything, and they're not going to take a back step to anybody. So I do appreciate and applaud them for everything that they're doing right now. Um, And I will say that Bully Ray, the former Bubba Ray, um, he's always been one of the better minds for the business, in my opinion. Uh, And I don't think he gets recognized for that as much. Uh, He was a very big part of the TNA uh, t- main title scene for a period of time, and people also tend to forget about that. Um, so what I think is this can only be good for them, especially considering that a major player of TNA, major face of TNA, isn't even in the Hall of Fame, and for the foreseeable future, who knows if he ever will be. I mean, he's... Yeah, like, I assume he just will be sooner or later, but like AJ Styles, this is who I'm talking about, AJ... Yeah, he can't be in their Hall of Fame unless WWE let, gives him uh, gives him a hall pass. Right, and as long as he stays with the company, he's not getting in there. And it's like a crying shame that AJ Styles isn't in the Hall of Fame. He should have been a first ballot, right? Because he's AJ freaking Styles and it's DNA. But um, they, so, but my point is, they're they're needing their homegrown talent. I've always criticized TNA as putting their home, not acknowledging them as enough. And granted, 
Bubba Ray came from elsewhere, just like a lot of their styles. A lot like AJ Styles didn't start wrestling for TNA, but nonetheless, there are certain people that are synonymous. They with TNA with that TNA brand. There are certain faces that represent TNA very well. That when you think of TNA, you think of these guys. Um, they need right now to bring because WWE. We were just talking about this. It's a nostalgia act. They keep bringing up Stone Cold. They keep bringing up The Rock because they have to. TNA has been a hard time doing that, but now. Get as many of these people you can. Now, you don't have Bobby Roode. You don't have AJ Styles, like I That's already right. said. You know, you don't have Jay Lethal. But you can get these guys, like, if you can get them, bring them in. Uh, Bully Ray, absolutely. Can you get them? Do it. Now. Uh, get the people that you can. And he's definitely one of the top-level uh, top level guys that is available that, that you associate strongly with TNA. So, yeah, I would absolutely say get him. If I, man, let me tell you something. I think that Bully Ray would be great for Impact Wrestling. The reason why I think that Bully Ray, Bully Ray would be great for Impact Wrestling is because when he was on Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, man, let me tell you, Bully Ray was not on national television when he was with Ring of Honor. You know, right. granted, granted, Impact Wrestling is not is on a national television channel, but mm -hmm. not everybody gets it. But they also allow you to watch it on Twitch, and it's available on their Impact you know, wrestling network channel thingy app. So, you know, there are many different ways for you to consume Impact Wrestling. I think by Bully Ray going on to Impact Wrestling, and I think he's gained the following from his busted open show from friend Dave LaGreca, and, sure. and, and by his presence on social media, you know, his mind is great, so he can only help make people better. I think that he's going to be great for, for Impact Wrestling if he returns, because he doesn't have a contract. But right. also, also coming on TNA, I'm sorry, not TNA, on Impact Slammiversary, mm -hmm. recently announced is Tommy Dreamer is set to take on Moose for the TNA Championship at Slammiversary. Yeah, I heard that. I think that's wild because, as I mentioned with you previously, um, I thought it, Moose was like a lock for this Impact World Championship. So it seems like they're really going to keep it separate. They're going to keep the TNA Championship and the Impact Championship as two separate belts. That's really weird, don't you think? Let me tell you something, Dave. Mm. If I had to bet another dollar, yeah. I would say the finish to that match between Tommy Dreamer and Moose is going to be something special. I feel a Tommy Dreamer heel turn is a-brewing. Oh, really? Because Tommy Dreamer's been having so much beef with Moose. Moose is disrespectful. <laughs> If I'm going to separate Moose and separate Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer is represents the old school, right? And then the young school would be the new school would be represented by 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 Moose. So Tommy Dreamer is going to represent the old school, and Moose is representing the new school. What yes. if all the old school guys oh. turn out to be in aces and eights, and <sighs> they're holding the TNA championship because that's what it should be? It should right. be TNA. This is what it was before. When it was TNA, all the young guys had respect. Now we got all these young whippersnappers in here. <laughs> and you guys don't know what respect is. So you know, we're coming in to take over Impact, and we're changing the name back to TNA. We're going to make pro wrestling great again. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, why Tommy Dreamer? And if you're talking about Bubble Ray, it would only make sense with, all, with, uh, with his ECW alum, Tommy Dreamer, because why Tommy Dreamer of all people in that match? Uh, not a bad idea. Pretty interesting. See, what I was thinking was, 
whoever wins that match, like let's just say the TNA championship is up first, and then the Impact Championship is last of the night, the main event. I was gonna say, what if Tommy Dreamer wins it, and then Tommy Dreamer is the mystery person uh, in that last match in the Impact World Championship match? And then he would unify both the championships. And what if Aces and Eights came out and helped him win the belt? Damn, yeah. bro! Should we? Should we? Should you and I be booking for Impact Wrestling? Or, but maybe Bubba Ray comes is the mystery person in that match, and Bubba Ray wins the Impact Championship. Now there's tons of possibilities. Now we never know. But you know what, though? I'm telling you, Ramblers. David, I'm telling you as well, too. I've been saying this for the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Impact wrestling is something you need to keep your eyes on right now. Right now. You do not want to miss Slammiversary and be like, damn, all that happened? (laughs) I am going to buy Slammiversary. I have never in my life bought an Impact or TNA pay-per-view. I remember having the Impact Plus app. That's the name of it. The Impact Plus app, hoping that it's like the WWE Network where I can get additional pay-per-views and stuff like that. But no, it wasn't like that. And I canceled the app. But I am going to purchase this pay-per-view because obviously we have a duty to the Ramblers that they want to hear our our first-hand experiences. And and this one, uh, Slammiversary, is going to be one that you don't want to miss. Remember, I told you that here first. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of great old-school tactics while they're booking things, and all this is doing is sowing seeds of interest. And one thing that wrestling, what makes wrestling great is when they have interest, when you don't know what they're going to do, but you can tell there are seeds being planted, there are hints at one thing, and it's like a good, it's like a good mystery. We can see the clues. We know there's something going on. What's going on, we don't know for sure, but we're invested in trying to find out. And so that's, that's you're absolutely right. Impact has been doing a lot of good work lately, knowing how to string you along and intrigue you for all these things. And I do think that the idea of Aces and Aces, as well as the TNA Championship, can't be a coincidence that they're all brewing around the same time, personally. So I totally agree with you. And I don't know. I know that we're going to probably get into te- that. We are going to most likely get into Tessa Blanchard later on. But here's mm-hmm. one thought that I had about Impact. Yeah, what's that? What if Tessa Blanchard wasn't really <gasps> released? Whoa! What if that's, that's a, a work too? Because she's been quiet on social media. What if she's coming back to join Aces and Eights? Whoa, that's pretty strong. She can be the first lady of Aces and Eights. I'm telling you, I could see Tessa Blanchard donning the whole entire gimmick. You know what? I decided to stay away from my safety. Right. However, you you guys didn't, you guys had no disregard for me. So you know what? I'm back with Aces and Eights, and we're going to eradicate you know all this whatever in the company. Right, Aces and Eights and the Queen. I'm telling you, I am telling you, Slammiversary people, get your money. And put your money up for anniversary. So, Dave, we had obviously another Wednesday night pass, and mm. we had NXT, Great American Bash, and AEW Fighter Fest. Dave, who yeah. had the better show in your opinion? That is a tough call. Um, in my opinion, because uh, you know, when you draw the line in the sand, it's always rough because you're always gonna make you're always gonna make somebody mad. Uh, but to me, I say the better show, Fighter Fest. Uh, Great American Bash was just fine, but to me, Fighter Fest was easily the better show. Dave, I'm going to say that NXT Great American Bash was not terrible by any means whatsoever. No, if it was the if it was the only show on on TV this week, only professional wrestling show, 
I think it'd be the best professional wrestling show. However, it had to contend with AEW Fighter Fest, Dave. And right. because it had to compete with AEW Fighter Fest, man, AEW Fighter Fest was more interesting to me because they are wrestlers that I haven't been able to see wrestle before. Right. So the one Orange Cassidy, the main event that went head to head with the with the Keith Lee and Adam Cole baby match. Orange Cassidy, and, and I wish Brian was here to, to listen to me say this, so I know when Brian listens to this, he's going to say, wow, I can't believe he said this. <laughs> For me, I was, I was, I was shocked yeah. by what Orange Cassidy did in that match. I thought that I, Orange I, Cassidy, I you, I mean, okay, so you're, you probably are familiar with his, with his body of work, correct? Yes. Um, I'm, I've been talking about this. Like, if you watch my channel, Dave Knows Wrestling, uh, you know I've talked about this before. Uh, Orange Cassidy on the independent scene, there's a way to do that gimmick well. I personally don't feel TNA, AEW has lived up to it. Um, I think they've taken a few missteps. They're not in the world, but they did backstep a few things that I wish they did differently. And also, uh, I'm going to like just shatter kayfabe the pieces. But last week we talked about Chikara. Um, he was fire ant in Chikara. I'm just going to put that real quiet. Did he wrestle with his hand in his pocket? No, he had a totally different gimmick. Okay, but like, um, he's part of the colony as Fire Ant. Who uh, I have a Fire Ant mask. Like I bought one at the Chikara show. Like I'm a big fan of his. You mean um, Mark? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, at least you're not. At least you're not a Brian. But keep going. So I saw. So I saw. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him live. Um, I've met. I met him in character. Like you know, we talked. You know, I talked to him and and everything. But, um, you know. I know kayfabe, but totally just you know exposed to business on that one. But nonetheless, I'm familiar with his work. I'm very familiar that he is a fantastic wrestler. So I've liked his work for a very long time. Uh, but the gimmick of Orange Cassidy, as I've pointed out, and as you can watch, the gimmick to me works in a very specific way. I knew he could wrestle. This was not shocking him. People complain about his hands in the pockets and the light kicking. My issue with that is he's no one selling for it. It'd be one thing if he was barely hurting somebody, hitting somebody, and then people were selling for it. Yeah, True. that's terrible. Good but point. no one sells it that way. And if you've watched him, and if you knew him from the Independence when he was doing the Orange Cavity gimmick, it was he would do that to aggravate his opponents. Uh, kind of like, you know, here's another one, kind of a hot issue, but Santana Jackson. I don't know how you feel about Santana Jackson. I don't know if you're for or against, but same thing. A lot of the shtick is to camouflage the real wrestling ability behind it. So I think the whole key to it is you save that. You don't bust it out until it counts. Now, I've said this in the past. I think the TNT tournament was supposed to be the moment. Uh, he kind of busted out with Pac when they had their match, which I didn't think it was the right time. I think he's supposed to save that for when it counts. So I thought he was supposed to win throughout to the finals of the tournament without ever wrestling, hands in his pocket, wins by countout, wins by DQ, some sort of shenanigans. But then in the finals, he goes against Pac, and then all of a sudden, he whips out another gear and goes full on into wrestling mode, and everyone's shocked, and that's how he wins the title because it was the ace in the hole. Now, Chris Jericho, he just went full on. And for what purpose? It was just a match for nothing. I thought it was a weird way to uh, just to reveal that, uh, you know, they've already revealed it, but they just went full on with it. And I just thought that was very surprising that a match for nothing on the line was how they portrayed it. It was a, it was a match for nothing. However, I like the story in there because, like I was saying, <laughs> I didn't think that Orange Cassidy had any of that in him. 
I thought that Orange Cassidy would just a bump in the log. He would just like the guy doesn't even give a proper thumbs up. His thumb isn't even all the way up. But from watching that man, let me tell you, Orange Cassidy really made me believe right. the the body and work that him and Chris Jericho put on on Fighter Fest really made me believe that Orange Cassidy is a competitor. I really felt that Orange Cassidy was going to win that match. I think the selling was good. I think the pacing was good. I think the story. I think the story yes. in the match was great. You know, it, oh, it was it was a good match. The the biggest unsung part of that match, which a lot of like novice wrestling fans or people who don't really understand the business as well as like you and I, and you definitely know it more than I do. It, the biggest thing that I think will be overlooked by beginner fans is Jericho and Jericho's work, because Jericho put him over. Ding 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 ding. So much, and it's like that's something low key that. Your rookie fan ain't gonna notice. But how much did Jericho have to cheat to beat Orange Cassidy? How was he had Santana and Ortiz on the outside? They had to throw the orange juice in his face. Jericho had to use the baseball bat. How much was Jericho grabbing onto the ropes for leverage? Jericho did every dirt dog heel tactic he could trying to put this guy away. Made him look like a million freaking bucks in that match, did he not? Yes, he did. I wish they did the reveal about his wrestling differently, and I know they've already revealed it too. I wish AEW played the cards a little differently because you only got one shot at it, but it was still very good for what it is. I did think it was odd, per se, that Jericho was the guy to put him over as much because that's your first world champion. He's got size over Orange Cassidy. Uh, Orange Cassidy does have him in age, but I think it was tremendous favors that Jericho was doing that make him look strong in defeat. So while I thought it was an odd choice, I will say Jericho did everything in his power to make Orange Cassidy look as good as possible. So that is definitely key. Uh, and and I'm going to say this right now. I Well, two things. One, I think it's weird that this was their main event for the match. Because before Fighter Fest, last week was night one. But before that, when they had the segment between Jericho and Cassidy, it actually didn't do great in the ratings. That was actually, that particular segment was not hotly, uh, not hotly watched. So I thought it was weirder considering that they would put that in the main event when they already know they've been losing to NXT. You figured they would have tried something else to try and bump that up. Like maybe the tag team match would uh, – because it featured the Young Bucks and the Revival. But they won't uh, – FTR. But they went with that anyway. And But with that being said, I still liked it. And you know what? I liked it better than Keith Lee and Adam Cole. How do you feel about that match? So I think that match with Adam Cole, Bebe, and Keith Lee was really good. Let me give you these four words, right? It might shock you as when it comes to that Orange Cassidy and Jericho match. You ready for the yes. four words? What's that? Match of the year. Yes or no? Really? Wow, that's a tall order. Um, I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I do like it. But yeah, bold claim. It is, so it it. it, it it checked all the boxes for you, huh? It checked all the boxes for me. And I'm not saying that it is the match of the year, but if you're discussing matches of the year, this match, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, contender, Keith Lee and Adam Cole match, that was uh -huh. a good match too in itself. Eh. The match that I watched primarily was the, was the main event with Jericho and Orange Cassidy. And according to my television guide thingy, AEW ran they ran about three to four minutes longer on Wednesday night. It was smart counter-programming. I mean, that it was the old trick that they used to use in the, ad in the boom period of the 90s. You might as well go for it now. AEW went on for a few extra minutes, but the funny thing is I don't think they had to because if you watched NXT, the last couple minutes, like three minutes, and I know that's not a lot of time, but three about three minutes of it was dedicated to Keith Lee's celebration. If 
that was the move. You know, when you're having a ratings war, as MJF said, I think it's a really strange things to do because after he wins the title, you you've flip right back over to the other channel. Right. You've seen what you've needed to see. Right. Why would they give him that? Why would they give him that three minute window? I mean, they went long anyway, so it, but it, they didn't really need to because NXT was just giving them those three minutes. What if they re- went in and redid that match after they heard the, the rumors and innuendo on, on the end and said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this match, but let's make it go a little bit longer. It's possible. Um, although I feel this is something they did with foresight. Like, I think they knew they were going to do this. And personally, I like it better because if it's a live event and in kayfabe, this is supposed. Well, how is it? How is it that your main event magically always ends directly on time? So right. I actually like it when it goes over. I think it should. So you mentioned Dave about NXT doing the the three minute celebration with Keith Lee. Yeah. I keep watching NXT and I watch WWE programming. I've been a WWE fiend since I was a kid. I fell in and out of love with WWE and pro wrestling a couple times over my lifetime. They'll do that. But the, but the issue that I have with WWE is that they always waste time showing the replays. I just yes. watched the match. I don't need a replay. Sure. Why don't you move? Why don't you sandwich? A, why don't you tease the next segment? Hey, maybe show me somebody that we really want to see. Maybe show me, oh, shit, you know, uh, Sasha Banks is walking from the back. You know, she's making her way to to the ring. What could she want? Well, stay tuned. We'll find out when we're back next on NXT. Something like that. The biggest aggravation to me about that is the mentality of it. They'll go to, you know, some wrestler will get beat up, and then they go to commercial break. And then they come back, and then Michael Cole will say, just moments ago, you know, blah, 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 was hit by, by this devastating maneuver. And they showed a replay. Instead of showing the replay, if you want to sell this injury, why don't you show them now and show them being carted off to the hospital or getting their ankle like taped up or whatever? Instead of just showing me what happened again, and right. yeah, sometimes they do both, but you get more mileage out of showing the devastation and selling the attack instead right. of just showing the attack again. Right, right, right. Or how about how about when they come back from commercial, when they come back from break, do like you said, show them getting in the ambulance and go, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, have them put on the tone like, wow, like, I can't believe that, you know, wow, that, that Nia Jax hurt Charlotte like that. Like, that's just terrible. Like, I don't know what's gotten into Nia, Nia, Nia Jax. Well, you All know, right. Charlotte's, Charlotte's being carted away right now, um, as you can see on, the tele- on your television screen at home, WB Universe. But let's go ahead and take a look back at what happened, how we right. got here. Don't well, tell me how you got here first and then continue the story. I think we waste so much time so on WB programming with replays. You know what I'm going to do next week, Dave? I am going to record how much time WWE steals using replays after the match. So, Rambos, by the time you listen to this, it will be Saturday. I will be taking Friday night SmackDown. I will take Monday night's Raw. And I will take NXT and I'll be recording how much time they waste showing replays. Hey, when it comes to Raw, I'm sure it's anything to help fill that third hour of content. Hey, this is Dave from Dave Knows Wrestling on YouTube, and you're listening to Royal Ramble Radio. Raw ratings on Raw were low again, but in my opinion, as compared to last week, uh-huh. it was better than last week. The U.S. Championship, the design was changed, which we will talk about in a bit, but the most memorable moment on Raw for me 
this yeah. week was the return of Heath Slater. Hmm. It was leaked on social media and the internet, but for me, me personally, I stay away from pro wrestling spoilers like the chocolate water fountain at the Golden Corral. So <laughs> it was a genuine shock for me. I liked when Dolph Ziggler brought out Heath Slater. I'm watching my TV. I was like, wait a minute, am I contacts improperly? Is that Heath Slater? Wait, why is he here? When he got into the ring, he cut one hell of a promo. And I'm just like, damn, where the hell was that fire? If they'd only given that guy the chance, Heath Slater, man, he could have been a contender. And look at, well, I think he's got, well, look at the extra muscle mass too. I mean, let's not forget about that. I mean, I was like, who is this dude? You're right. So now that we so we we saw Heath Slater, he got brought in by Dolph Ziggler. Right. Heath Slater was saying, "Hey, look, you know what? I want a little bit of extra. You know, I want to wrestle you. I'm Drew McIntyre for the belt. Let me go ahead and get that chance." They had an impromptu match where they were still in street clothes. Obviously, Drew McIntyre went over on Heath Slater. So my question is, what do you want to see from Heath Slater next, Dave? Well, see, this is the problem with that. Because not only did they have an impromptu match, but it was a total squash. And I get that, but unfortunately, this makes me care about wanting to see a feud between the two of them. And ah. now, you, you've completely squashed it because Drew ran over him like he was tinfoil. New build and all. Because old Heath Slater, fine. But we see this new Heath Slater who's a lot bigger. You could have sold me on the idea that, hey, maybe he's got more of a chance. Like... But that mystery is revealed. You know, the the mystery of him having a shot is over now because Drew just ran through him. But you know uh, what? Think think about it like this, Dave. Yes. When's the last time you seen Drew McIntyre have a match? Mm, he had one like not that long ago. Yeah, Drew McIntyre has a match probably like what every week. Yeah. Every every couple weeks. When's yeah. the last time you seen Heath Slater have a match? Good point. A while, a long time ago. Drew McIntyre is your champion. If Drew McIntyre went in there and had a problem putting away Heath Slater, I think, that I think that would have been an issue. But that's why I, I don't think they should have given him the match on Monday, is what I'm saying. They shouldn't have done it. They should have just left it out in the ether. But what if that's a to-be-continued, but you don't see it? Let me tell you what I see. What's that? What if... Now, I don't see them taking the belt off Drew McIntyre, but if I had the pencil, if I was booking the whole thing, what if... You had Heath Slater come out there and cost Drew McIntyre the championship uh, and put them into a little story. You know what? You beat me and yada, yada, yada. But you know what? I'm back. I'm back. I slept in you and I'm, aw I'm awake. Now, Drew McIntyre doesn't have the championship. Dolph Ziggler has it. And now you got a story between Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater. Drew McIntyre's only job at this point is to help Heath Slater get over even more. Well, see, I hear that, but the other problem with what you're telling me, though, is let's say Dolph does win. The problem you have with that is Dolph is almost inconsequential in this entire story that you set up. The whole meat and potatoes is revolving around Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater. And that's my point with this, is that you're trying to sell me on this Dolph Ziggler match. I don't care about Dolph. And even with the storyline you pitched, while that is definitely interesting... Dolph could be anyone. Dolph could be a mannequin. Dolph could be a puppet. It doesn't matter. Dolph is so inconsequential to this. And that is an issue for me. When you go into a title match, the challenger shouldn't be, shouldn't take a backseat to anyone but the champion. Especially not some run in, uh, run in possibility with Heath Slater. They, they build the wrong guy, in my opinion. 
What do you want to see from Heath Slater? Do you want to see him still in the WWE? Do you think he's still there? Do you think it was a one-off? I don't know. I mean, them bringing him back definitely seems like maybe they want to bring him back because he's always been well-liked from what I understand. But unfortunately, i got to say this much. After being squashed by Drew, he's got to go. Like, where, where else can he go? And this is my point. They By doing things exactly the way they did, it leaves nothing left for him. And I'm also going to point this out too: is that this is a storyline they clearly wanted to tell. There were they were there was writing on the wall for it, and it's been um, said that there were rumors that this was what they wanted to do. But they wanted Jinder Mahal uh, to be one of the first feuds for Drew, and it made sense because they had history together. Jinder Mahal was, after all, a former WWE champion, and was the top heel on SmackDown. So putting them together would have just made sense. Like that would have been a good early feud for drew to really reestablish that he is the champion this is his time and how good he's doing so they went with the other 3mb member even though they fired him uh they went with he slater <laughs> on this one um but all the signs that they point with that being squashed with them not extending because this is an angle you can extend easily for weeks and it still has a lot of intrigue but because they wrapped it all up in one night that tells me they're not planning on doing anything more with it they could still i'm not trying to say that they won't but What's the next level of intrigue? As you're even asking, what's happening next? They wrap this up. We're already run one and done, and they did that within minutes of him coming back. You're right. So within a half hour, you know, I think we got the resolution to this this comeback, which could have been something they eked out. One week, you know, Heath Slater attacks Drew, comes back and attacks Drew. What's Heath Slater doing back? Wow, he's huge now. What happens? Then next week, we get the reason why. Where were you, brother, when I was let go by this company? Where were you? That same promo. Then the next week, and, you know, they could have eaten it out, but they jammed all of it into just a, into, into a matter of minutes. And it tells me that, they, that they're not doing anything else. There, and there's nothing else they can go. Because what emotional reaction can he possibly have now? What what who else is going to hold that much emotional weight as Drew does for Heath? There's no one. Uh, what's he going to do? Find Rhino and yell at him? And even so, right. it does not get too repetitive. So to me, there's nothing he can do for right now or the next near future. He's you know he's he's got to go off TV. That's how I see it. All right. Well, you know what, Dave? We just have to keep tuning into WWE program to see what is next for Heath Slater. I don't think they would have put Heath Slater on WWE television if he was going to possibly end up someplace else, Fair. like AEW or or um, or Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Fair. I, I, I just don't, I don't think there's anything else for him to do. I, I agree with you that it does seem like, like a weird thing for them to do. I just don't think there is anything else for him to do. Hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe they'll find something good for him. So Cody Rhodes uh-huh. is supposed to defend his TNT championship on the next edition of AEW Dynamite, which is going to be Fight for the Fallen. Mm. And he's defending that championship against Sonny Kiss. Mm. Cody Cody revealed that on his text messaging service, on his text message that he sends out to everybody, and it has been revealed by AEW that Sonny Kiss will be getting a shot at the AEW TNT Championship. So, Rambles, this is not a spoiler. This is something that is factual. So, Dave, what are your thoughts, first off, on the TNT championship being defended weekly at this point. Okay. Um, well, first off, shout out to Sonny Kiss. Uh, you know, know him personally, friend of mine, and uh, yours as well. So I think I've uh, got to say that. So, you know, I'm always going to, I'm biased, but I'm always going to root for my, I'm always going to root for my boys. What can I say? Um, I can't help it. Uh, I, I tell people, I make no bones about it. I tell people all the time. Um, 
I might make an exception for you though, Tristan. So if you ever got a shot at uh, the AEW TNT title, I might I might still root for Cody anyway. I'm just gonna let you know now. Let me tell you something. If I ever got a shot at the TNT championship, I want Cody Rhodes to understand that he's leaving with his bags a little bit lighter. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll congratulate you if, if you win, but I, I'm still going to root for Cody, so I'll make it's that right. It's all right. You know, you don't have to congratulate me. Just tune in on, on television, live television. It's probably going to be on TNT when they actually have my ticker tape parade when I come back to New York. Well, just know that no matter how loud the boos are, I'm booing louder. Yeah, but you know what, though? Everybody that boos me when I come out, David, it's a bunch of haters. That's all they are, because they <laughs> wish that they could be better than me. You see, because once I took that... DNA test and found that I was 2% Italian, I realized that I'm 98% better than everybody else. Um, you know, that, that I'm, 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 I'm not sure that's exactly 100% how math and genealogy works, but, you know, I don't know what your ancestry kit said, but, you know, whatever it said, it's, you know, it, that's out there. So what are your thoughts on the TNT championship be defended every week at right. this point, Dave? I like... I love the idea of a fighting champion. I love the idea of a championship for the masses that you get to see on free TV. However, there's certain things that are weird. The ranking system, how does this work? Where do you have to rank to get this championship? Um, plus, the rankings are have been clunky at best ever since they've introduced them, which I can't believe that within a relative short amount of time, the system has proven that it doesn't really hold up. Like, it sounds good on paper, but I don't think it's really following up. So that throws a monkey wrench into the works. Uh, the other problem is, well, I'm glad, I'm very glad we got Fighter Fest for free, and we're getting other match, and we're getting to see things like Bash at the Beach and all that stuff. Um, there is a less of an appeal for it when we know that a lot of the shows, big shows that we see, are free anyway. So... The AEW title being uh, is not as mysterious, it's not as elusive, so it kind of does undermine the value of the team. It still is. I mean, they don't defeat it, they don't defend it all the time, the AEW champion, World Championship all the time, but nevertheless, it still feels a little more grounded, closer to reality. And the purpose of a television championship is because you never get to see that unless you pay for it, but the television champion or the TNT champion, that's a dude you see all the time, or even the Intercontinental Championship once upon a time was, hey. That's for you, the people. You get to see this all the time. Uh, but I still like the gimmick. I'm just saying that I don't think it holds as much weight because of how AEW particularly does things, even though I'm grateful that they do. Uh, but first and foremost is I'm very happy to see Sonny Kiss getting his chance at uh, this championship. So that's ultimately, yeah, that's ultimately where I'm at. It's that I'm very glad for Sonny Kiss. 100%. I'm ecstatic for uh, Sonny Kiss as well, too. Um, but when it comes to Cody Rhodes, you know why I want Cody Rhodes to lose? Uh. Because Cody Rhodes is 14 and one in 2020. Like I am tired of seeing Cody Rhodes up there. I am looking at the rankings and next to, to, to Cody Rhodes, stupid face is John Moxley. Hmm. John Moxley's 13 and 0 in 2020. Maybe what? if John Moxley showed up to AEW fighter fest, he would have given that belt to, to Brian Cage. But this is ultimately the problems with the ranking system, that it commits you to booking in a very specific way. And your top two champions, should they, shouldn't they be number one and two? Shouldn't they be right there? Uh, but the logistics of this ranking system, as I said, it sounds great, but doesn't really fly. And I also, personally, I don't think AEW's roster is big enough to warrant a mid-card championship yet. So I was also surprised they did that. Uh, so there are a couple of hit or misses on it. But... Um, 
I also think the other problems are, um, going back to Fighter Fest real quick, is that this was two weeks, right? Two nights. Two nights. We had Kenny Omega and, Brian, and Adam Page on two, both shows, did we not? Yes. And how is that going to be the case? But then, you, so you have them on two nights, but you don't have Sonny Kiss. He was there uh, alongside Joey Janela, but where was Sonny Kiss's match? Uh, where was Matt Hardy's match? He was with Private Party, but was he in the ring? And so on and so forth. How many talent? If this is a pay per view, if this is a, a pay per view quality event, a pay per view level event, which is what Fire Fest is supposed to be, even though it was free or relatively free, it's going to be on two separate shows, two separate nights. You couldn't find time to put Sonny Kiss in a match, especially if you're giving him this title shot against Cody. Why didn't Sonny get a match? that he could win to make Sonny look even more like a legit contender and then put him against this. Now he, and I know there's AEW Dark, I'm not trying to say that, but a pay-per-view quality, a pay-per-view level win is much bigger than AEW Dark, in my opinion. Am I, I mean, am I, am I wrong in that? You're right, because I'm looking at the whole thing now. You got MJF, MJF is number, is number one ranked. Yeah. He's 7-0 and in 2020 singles competition. Then you got Brian Cage, and then you got... Um, Lance Archer, followed by Brody Lee and Chris Jericho. Mm. So, like, uh, like my whole thing is like, how you're, you're right. How does Sonny Kiss warrant a championship match right. against Cody Rhodes? He could be the number six man. We don't know. They're not telling us who's number six. But how does Cody Rhodes uh, get a match? I think the last match I seen Sonny Kiss had, he wrestled somebody and he lost. Maybe it was Goldust. I'm not Goldust. Dustin Rhodes. Same people. <laughs> but not, this is why the ranking system is ultimately problematic. They either got to figure a way to book around it better, or they kind of need to get rid of it. It's one of those two. Hey, Ramblers, this is Tristan Law. And don't forget, you can find Royal Rambler Radio anywhere you currently listen to podcasts. So we got the FTW belt, which is being held by Brian Cage. The FTW belt actually has been held by Taz, and his record is... It's 219 days. Taz was the one that created the belt. I mean, for those of you, I love this title, by the way. I marked out like there was no tomorrow when I brought this, when I saw this. Uh, so a few tidbits on this on this championship. Uh, Taz actually created himself and owns the rights to it. It was actually not that's owned correct. by ECW. So he's right. allowed, that's, so anybody curious about that. But with the Sabu thing, the reason why this belt was created, it was convenient booking around real life injuries. Yes, for uh, Shane Douglas. Right. So because of that's where they came up with the concept. So when Shane Douglas and Taz was finally able to go at it, Taz was so confident in story mode that he was going to win. So Brian <laughs> Cage has been the FTW champion for about a week now because we know that Fighter Fest was recorded sometime right. last week. So what are your thoughts of Taz giving the belt to Brian Cage? What are your thoughts of the return of the FTW championship around Brian Cage's waist? Well, I love that the belt is back. First and foremost, love it, love it. And all you kids out there, all you gamers, it does not stand for for the win. Just let's be clear about that. No? <laughs> so the thing about the title is it is good. I like the spirit of it. So as we said, it was established because, and Taz cut this in the promo too. It's like when the world champion was not available, you're owed this title. Well, that's when he brought the FTW back. So that's why, because John Moxley has to self-quarantine uh, along with his wife. Uh, well, so yeah, he's due. However, this does lead like, well, I'm just happy the belt is back. There are certain issues I have is that AEW has been doing a lot of this. It's been taking two guys, somebody that they feel is not the most 
confident on the microphone, not the most skilled in microphone skill in linguistics. But then they pair him up with someone who is legendary mouthpieces like Taz. And if you know him from ECW, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they've also taken guys like Arn Anderson, put him with Cody, who has his noticeable speech impediment, even though Cody has dropped some amazing promos. I'm not taking that away from him, but he does have a speech impediment. Um, and on top of that, they also have a lot of these uh, Lance Archer partnering with Jake. But my issue with it is that these pairings don't make a lot of sense. It's just two random people shoved together. There's a reason for it, but why these two? So my question is, what is Taz's relationship to Brian Cage? Why are these two homies, you know? Especially considering that who Brian Cage is going against, Dean Ambrose, would make a much much, 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 much better FTW champion than Brian Cage would. So it's like, I'm going to be, I like, the, that title embodies John Moxley. How is, especially with his exit from WWE, how angry he was at the company, the promos right. he got in AEW, how, how are they giving it the, so to me, it's just like, as much as I love the belt back, I'm really hoping this is title for title, and I'm hoping Moxley wins it. So what happened was that back in the day, um, Taz's sister, used to babysit Brian Cage. So, like, they're all, like, kin. They all know each other. So that's why Taz felt it was a good idea to give the belt to Brian Cage. Yeah, but that's... But I'm talking that's about... Bu- that's, that's bullshit. I made it up. I made it up. It's bullshit. I'm talking... Yeah, I'm talking... You, you get my point. Same thing with Lance Archer and Jake and everything like that. Uh, Tully and, Tully and uh, Sean Spears. Like, why those two? Well, so, back in the day... You know, Tully, Tully was only able to count up to nine because, you know, when, when you go outside the ring, you know, Tully didn't know that the number 10 ever existed. Oh. So when he started calling himself the perfect 10, mm. you know, he, he helped Tully, Tully count past 10. So that's why they're BFFs now. Oh, okay. All right. well, at, least you, at least you know these. It's because you're, you know, an insider. You know all these details. That's huh? right. That's bullshit. I made yeah. that up too. I think the belt is great. I love that it's back. I just think it would have been... F- I just think there's a different direction they need to go, and I just and I think it just is sim- symptomatic of what they're revealing that AEW's got a lot of these weird pairings, like these weird manager and client relationships that really just seem random. Because if I'm if I'm Brian Cage and I'm just this mountain of muscle, why don't they give him somebody else? Why don't they find? It was mentioned on my YouTube channel, Dave Knows Wrestling, where someone said. They should get someone else who's a great talker, but a mount of muscle, or who was a mount of muscle back in the day himself. And they said, "Where's superstar Billy Graham at?" And I'm like, "That's not bad. I would have taken that." All right. Well, you know what? Um, allegedly, next week on AEW Fight for the Fallen, Brian Cage is going to meet John Moxley. So we'll just have to see how this is going to continue. So. So the United States Championship got redesigned. The Ramblers, if you haven't seen it, look online. Um, MVP debuted it. You want to know what the weird, weird part is for me, Dave? Yeah. What's that? Why didn't Apollo Crews debut it? I don't know. You see, for me, Apollo Crews is the last time I checked because I had to check. Right. Apollo Crews it doesn't is the, 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 the U.S. champion. I mean, so, I think they're setting up this heel thing with the Hurt business, uh, trying to be this like mean faction. I agree that still in a logistical sense as a company, even in kayfabe, it makes no sense why they would debut it. But either way, I think it was a good dirt dog heel move. It's like, you're not even the champion, and you're debuting the belt? Man, that's messed up. And it's, I think it's just establishing heel heat, and I think it's doing a good job of it. 
I don't. Oh, really? How come? Here, here's how I... Because it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I agree with that. Because but how I think is that's the, what makes people mad, though. I think that's what gets you heat, is that it how, doesn't make sense. But how is the belt legitimate? The belt's not legitimate at all. Okay, I, I agree, but... Let me, tell I, you this, let me tell you the story I would have told. Okay. So they would have went with the whole entire thing where tonight on Monday Night Raw, there's going to be a brand new... There's going to be a reveal for the brand new United States Championship. Apollo Crews would have came down to the ring. He would have done the deal. And right as he's getting ready to, uh, to, to pull it out, MVP and Lashley come out and beat him down. Mm. So then MVP would take the belt and have Lashley put it on MVP. And then Apollo Crews and MVP, which they're already having a match at Extreme Rules. Right. They would have a match at Extreme Rules for who the real champion is. And the winner takes the belt. So what I would do is if I was Apollo Crews and I won, I would look at my belt and I would look at the old belt. I would throw I would throw the belt on MVP and walk out with the new belt. Not only did I beat you, I walked out with the belt that 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 you did, that that you stood that you stole from me. Huh. I, I I like that because it gets the new design over. You're establishing that it's something that is coveted. It is desired. People want this new thing. I like so. I, I okay. I mean, you give me that. I will say I do think that's better. Because right now there are actually two U.S. championships. Let me tell you something. Right. If Apollo Cruz walks up with the new WWE champ with the new WWE U.S. championship around his waist, I don't even know how he got it. <laughs> it wouldn't even make sense to me. There has to be some reason that they're fighting for the belt, and Apollo Cruz is going to show up and be like, "All right, cool." Well, you're the U.S. champion, so I mean, I'm the U.S. champion, so I'm just going to wrestle you. And when you win, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Right, I hear you. I hear it. But I think that's why it's getting heat. It's a good way in a smart society is to get people heat. Is to do this. It's like you're not the champion. You have no business wearing this belt. I'm now mad at you. I think it. I think it was. The, I think it is effective at getting heat. Maybe in your opinion the wrong kind of heat, but still. Um, yes, it's definitely it's definitely the wrong it's definitely the wrong kind of heat for me. It's it's uh, I don't understand heat. I don't think <laughs> it's a I, I don't think it's a real thing. It, it it would be funny if at the end of all this feud and everything like that, the new design just goes away and he just goes back to the old one anyway, and they just never bring it up again, and this design just popped up temporarily and will disappear forever. <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago, we got ourselves a special pay-per-view. It was Evolution 1, the first pay-per-view. And the reason why I'm calling it Evolution 1 is because right now, rumor and innuendo, this is not a spoiler, Rambles mm -hmm. is not a spoiler, but there's rumor and innuendo, is that of Evolution 2 taking place on Sunday, August 30th. You know why Sunday, August 30th is a great day for that to take place, Dave? Why is that, Tristan? Because that's my birthday. How do you feel, Dave, about Evolution 2 on my birthday, August 30th? Right. Well, I think, yeah. Um, but the rumor, yes, the rumor is, as they said, is that this is a possibility. Because it's SummerSlam weekend. Let's not forget that. I, I, I know that, in your opinion, pales in the comparison. But nonetheless, it's SummerSlam weekend. Allegedly, this is one of the options WWE is considering. Either, either one... SummerSlam will be a two-night event just like WrestleMania, or it's going to be the other night is going to be the Evolution 2 all-women's pay-per-view. 
and they're not that sure which of the two ways they're going to go yet, but that's the early plans, especially since this has been made since Vince has just recently decided, conceded that SummerSlam will not happen live with fans in attendance in Boston like he's been wanting and hoping he'd be able to do. So let's remember that for months, Vince was holding out, hoping that SummerSlam would be able to be live in Boston with plenty of fans. And they were also supposed to have, now this is something else I do think we should mention, is that Sasha Banks was supposed to be allegedly rumoring in your window. That's her hometown. She was going to, her and Bailey were going to split. They were going to feud. And Sasha was going to be the hometown hero, babyface, winning the title after the breakup with Bailey. But if you can't do that because the world's not allowing you to, I don't know. Maybe main eventing, maybe main eventing evolution two might not be the worst, worst uh, backup prize. Okay, so Dave, what are so that, that that was great. I like how you how you gave an idea of of what Sasha Banks could could do mm-hmm. for Evolution Two. She could main event Evolution Two. What I want to know from you yeah. is who or what what matches do you think? Should take place on Evolution Two because for me, I think Evolution. I think Evolution was a great concept to begin with. Yes. Um, back in back in the day, we used to always hash out. Oh well, you know, you know, w, the women should get their own show, and I don't think that the women should get their own show because they're kind of going like their own weekly show because I feel at that point you're going backwards. But with Evolution Two, I, I, it, it, it's special. It's a one-off, and we don't get to see it often, so it's unique. So who do you think, Dave, or what do you think? What matches do you think could take place or should take place? on Evolution 2 if it happens. Because remember, Ramblers, at this point, it's only a rumor. Well, unfortunately, my three most desired matches all require one person. So either only one of them is going to happen or Bailey's going to have to pull triple duty. <laughs> um, so I'll say this. One, because of the storyline setup, like we know they're going to split, or at least all the signs are pointing to it. I would like to see the payoff SummerSlam is a great stage for it to happen. I would like to see the payoff of Sasha and Bailey, and plus, I like watching Sasha and uh, Bailey wrestle, so I think that'd be good. That's number one. Uh, number two is also Bailey. Bailey has said this on social media that uh, she's always been a big admirer of a particular wrestler, female wrestler who is still capable of wrestling and is interested. They talked about this for the last Evolution pay per view. Didn't happen. Should it happen now? Well, they've been interested. Bailey has been very interested in wrestling Ivory. Uh, they actually have a personal connection together, so I would have loved it if Ivory and Bailey actually worked together because it's what Bailey wants. And number three, this is what I want. So this is just what I want: pure, pure, pure self-driven motivation. And granted, it would have worked a lot better if Bailey still had her hugger gimmick. But one of my dream matches would have been Hugger Bailey. And Molly Holly. I would have loved mm. to see that match, personally speaking. Mm. So those three matches, would any combination of them with Bailey is what I would be most forward, uh, looking forward to the most. So, Dave, knowing that uh-huh. right now there is a huge woman's free agent in the world of professional wrestling. We did mm. talk about her possibly appearing with Aces and Eights earlier in the show. We did. However, what if she makes her debut... At Evolution 2, and I'm talking about the one named Tessa Blanchard. Woo! Yeah, now that's another rumor out there that WWE is the one company who's still interested because AEW, uh, with Hulk Hogan, they said they have their zero tolerance policy when it comes to certain kinds of behavior, which which has been, uh, uh, she has been accused of, Tessa has been accused of. 
Uh, whether guilty or not is a different story, but she's been accused of it. Um, but WWE's got the money. They're interested. And we could see that debut in there. I think that would be a great place to launch her. Like, would you rather see Tessa Blanchard, first Impact champion to be a woman, would you rather see her at round of uh, round two or night one of summer round, night one of two of SummerSlam, or would you rather see her debut at the All Women's Pay Per View Evolution Two? Which of these would you which would which one of these two do you think is a better debut for Tessa? Uh, I probably would put her on the Evolution Pay Per View because she wouldn't get she wouldn't get drowned by so much other things going on on mm. SummerSlam. I personally think that SummerSlam or WrestleMania or, you know, SummerSlam and WrestleMania, they're, they're a bad show for there to be some kind of debut. I don't think there should be anything new on those shows unless unless there's a women's match at the at the main event and Tessa Blanchard is standing at the end on the ramp saying, hey, bitch, I'm here. Right. Something like, something like, like that. Like Becky and Charlotte, when Becky turned and became, you know, the new Becky character, that's when you, that's about that. But I'll put this way. I like that you mentioned Charlotte and all that because this is kind of how I feel. That if Charlotte, and she may be, we're not sure when Charlotte's coming back, but if Charlotte was around and they were going to pit Charlotte and Tessa, I wouldn't mind Tessa's debut being at SummerSlam if Charlotte was around. But if Charlotte is not around, I think Evolution is the better choice because this is a pay-per-view celebrating women and it would be a great idea that you have one of the hottest of free agents who is a woman in the business to debut because that's how you're celebrating the womanhood in, in my opinion uh but if it was but if charlotte's around then i think the two of them tangling is big enough that i agree with you that SummerSlam is kind of like wrestlemania this is where storylines wrap up it's not where you start anything agreed but and there's a lot of noise around there. but tessa and charlotte i think that's enough that you could actually drown out the noise i think that's a big enough no pun intended, impact to get the two of them out there. But if Charlotte's not around and it's just Tessa by herself, I don't, and Becky's not around either, there's nothing else for him to do. Put Tessa in evolution. That's where it's going to have the same, that's where it's going to ring true because without the other half of the coin, I, I agree with you. I think it gets, I think it gets buried underneath all the surroundings of SummerSlam. Hey Ramblers, Tristan Law here. Want to find out more about myself, Brian, for the show, or even how to find us on social media? Well, head on over to our website, RoyalRambleRadio.com. What I want to know, Dave, is yeah. what is over and what is not over for you. Ramblers, if it's your first time joining us, Ramblers, that's right, that's you, the listener. <laughs> over is something that you liked this week in the professional wrestling, so if you liked it, it's over. And if you didn't like it, it's not over. So, Dave, what is over for you this week in professional wrestling? It has got to be, I know we talked about it, but it's got to be Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Like, while that match, as I said, I from a booking standpoint, in the totality of everything, it was a flawless execution because of I wanted a better review or a more or a better use of the review for Orange Cassidy. But with all things considered, Living in a vacuum of this week, just taking it in, just taking it for what it is, Orange Cassidy 
and Jericho blew me away because it was better than I thought it was going to be. It stole the show between uh, between the NXT main event. I actually thought this was a much better show, a uh, better main event, and I knew it was going to lose in the ratings because it is not. It doesn't have the bigger marquee value to me. Keith Lee and Adam Cole has a better marquee value than Jericho and Orange Cassidy, in my opinion. But never, so I knew it was it was weird, and it was also a strange idea to have a main event considering its past. So I keep going on about this because I know it's not getting the credit that I think it deserves. But nevertheless, that match is over for me. So you know what, David? I'm going to have to pick it back off of you because what is over for me this week is Orange Cassidy. Um, I always say in the professional wrestling business, and it's true, you can ask any veteran wrestler that's been around for a while or anybody that, that knows a little thing about pro wrestling, one person goes over, one person gets over. <laughs> so Chris Jericho went over and Orange Cassidy went over. I think yeah. that AEW should continue with the momentum with Orange Cassidy. Next week, Orange Cassidy needs a strong win. Whoever yes. Orange Cassidy goes against, Orange Cassidy needs a strong win. He can get a strong win. Maybe a strong win against MJF, but MJF is tangled up with Jungle Boy right now. But Orange Cassidy needs a strong win. They need to take this momentum and run with it because if you didn't believe in Orange Cassidy before, shit, you better believe in Orange Cassidy now. Dave, what's not over for you? What's not over for me? <sighs> Keith Lee and Adam Cole, the other side of that coin. Uh, Keith Lee, I'm go for, you, know, you know what? I should specify this because I don't think I've made it clear. I'm very happy for Keith Lee. I'm very glad that he won it. He is the right guy. It is his time. No doubt. But the match itself, I'm very much not a fan. Uh, I talked about this in the beginning of the show. But yes, it was just a constant of this guy who... I'm a big Adam Cole fan. Don't get it twisted, baby. You know, I like Adam Cole. But I cannot take it seriously that this dude, who is on the smaller side for wrestlers, is somehow dishing out all this hurt to a human dinosaur that is Keith Lee who again Brock put over with a facial expression it was like the most work Brock Lesnar has done all year <laughs> and we got we got that out of we got that out of Lesnar and we hyped so much that Keith Lee is a big dude he's a strong dude he's a powerful man and then somehow and he's and he's pressured into this, having to do his job. Doing his job is selling, which he did because that's what he's got to do. But he's selling these moves done by a guy who looks like a toothpick in comparison to him. Like I just couldn't take it seriously. And where was the story? And and I know this is a lot of Adam. Again, I am a fan of Adam Cole's, but I know this is a very typical Adam Cole story. Now I don't mind it when he's doing Johnny Gargano like that because the two of them are about the same size. Fine, you, you, I can buy this, but not for Keith Lee. It doesn't make any sense. And they didn't switch up the story or anything. It was just from the parts I saw, because yes, I switched over, but the parts I saw was just Adam Cole on the offense, dishing out big move after big move after big move, and Keith Lee eventually coming past to it. Where was, where was the undisputed error in this? How come they didn't come down for shenanigans? How come the referee didn't get knocked down and they come over shenanigans? You could have told that story and Keith Lee overcomes it. Then I buy it. But I don't buy I don't buy this obvious cruiserweight. I don't care what his program height says or weight says. Going toe-to-toe. <laughs> -to -toe. Where was the undisputed error? Where was like a foreign object? Where was anything to make me believe that this was a legitimate contest? When I know in reality Keith Lee could probably pick him up and throw him into the third floor through the, through the plexiglass if he had to. So, to me, that match was very not over. 
I'm sure there are people who love it and are going to tell me that I'm an idiot and yell at me for being wrong, but I'm sorry. Couldn't take it seriously. Hey, but you know what, Dave? I mean, it is your opinion, but you're wrong. Um, I think that <laughs> I, I, I do think that Keith Lee, I think when Keith Lee started to get over, I, I think it's, it, it's, about, it's about time for Keith Agreed. Lee. I will not take away from that. I love that Keith Lee won the belt. He should have. Oh, and by the way, Jericho, bad move on you for revealing the ending, the spoiler warning of that. Oh, that was that. Oh, you didn't hear about this yet? No, that's a... it was released on it was released on social. If I believe, if I have the stories right, the they one of the people in production for WWE released social media the image of Keith Lee winning. No, 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 no. It was a wrestler. It was a it was a NXT talent that right. was an audience okay. released it. Right. Well, Jericho, uh, Jericho shared that information himself. And what I think is messed up is Tony Schiavone works for you. Does he not? Does, is Tony Schiavone not there? Wasn't he your broadcast partner for a period of time? Um, Tony Schiavone in the Mick Foley call, if, you know, that'll put butts in the seats. Maybe Shivani should have said, Jericho, that doesn't work out for you. Don't do this. And again, they lost a ratings war. Is, so spoiling things doesn't work for you. So I thought that was a bad mood on Jericho. See, I can criticize Jericho too. But... I'm happy for Keith Lee. It was it was spoiled for me. I didn't want it to be. I tried to avoid it, but it was hit. I was hit with the knowledge anyway. Um, but that I'm still very happy for Keith Lee, even though all those considered. But it's the match itself that I had a problem with. I want to make that as clear as I can. Well, what is not over for me this week is Twitch. Yes, Twitch yeah. is not over for me because I tried watching. Impact Wrestling on Twitch, and I don't think, believe it's Twitch's fault. Um, so I tried watching Impact Wrestling because I don't get access television or TV. Right. Um, so I tried watching Impact Wrestling, and then it just kept freezing. It was a really good match uh, with with Sue Young, but Sue Young actually has this new this gimmick where she's like Susie some shit, and yeah. like you know, like she's like timid and she's not like you know, like like crazy Sue Young. Um, but it was it was a really good match, and like the, the the TV just kept freezing, and it kept the channel kept going offline. They would come offline. They showed us the match. They started the match over the tag match with Sue Young, and um, I think it's Alley Cat. Um, yeah. They were showing us the match, and then right when we we're getting ready to go to the finish, the same exact part where it cut off before it cut off, and when it came back, there was a whole new other match. And while we're trying to watch that match, it cut off again. So you know what I said? Fuck it. So maybe Impact Wrestling just needs to go to YouTube or something like that um, to where they can host that show. Because let me tell you something. I am infatuated right now with Impact Wrestling. And Ramblers, if you have not been watching Impact Wrestling, go to Twitch if you don't get Access TV. Uh, they're live on, on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Access TV or on Twitch.tv. So I recommend everybody to go out there and watch that. But for this week, not over for me is Twitch. Twitch.tv, not over. Fair enough. Well, Dave, we're getting the go home signal, Dave. And Dave, let me tell you, it was it was so good once again to have you. Uh, maybe we can have Brian next week. We don't know what the cards will look like. But Dave, hey man, you you know in true, as I always say, in true Royal Ramble Radio fashion, go ahead and put yourself over. Well, you can find me on YouTube at Dave Knows Wrestling and also Dave Knows Comics, where you can check out my thoughts on the professional wrestling industry. Like last week, as I mentioned, we did the episode. The history of Chikara, and this week, brand new episode just came out uh, yesterday. From uh, yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago, when you, by the time you're listening to this, just came out with a brand new episode. Seven things that Matt Hardy does better than his brother Jeff. So check that out and give the video a big thumbs up. And you can also support me over on Patreon during these trying times if you're able to. 
You know what, Dave? I think one of the things that Matt Hardy does do better than Jeff Hardy is dye his hair. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's on, and if it's not on there, you know, you can make that make that the eighth thing that Je that Matt Hardy does better than than Jeff Hardy. But Ramblers, it was so good to have you guys here with me uh, this week. Don't forget, by the time you listen to this, is going to be Saturday. Go ahead and check out our friends over at Synergy Pro Wrestling. They're running a benefit for first responders for the nurses. It's July 11th, Saturday. It's going to be in Fight TV. You don't want to miss it. You can follow me on social media at The Real Big Trist. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you go ahead and give us five stars because we are currently rated five stars on Apple Podcasts. Hey, Ramblers, my name is Tristan Law. This is Warrior Ramble Radio, and we're out. <laughs>